Good evening. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship coming to you with our Saturday night message. Thank God for you listening to us. And we thank you for just allowing us to come into your homes, come into wherever you are, whether you're on your cell phone or your, you know, your tablet, whatever the case may be, allow us to minister to you. And we pray to be a, be a blessing to you each week that we come to you. And I've been on this topic about I surrender all. I surrender all. And what does it mean to surrender all to God? And, you know, when you think about surrender all to God, that's to be overwhelming. And all the things, you know, when you study the word and all the things that God asks us to do and things of that nature. And But we talked about First, you can't do this without the help of the Holy Spirit. You need him to do this. Without him, you, this is impossible. This is, you can't do it because you can't do it in your own strength. It is impossible to be able to fulfill the plan of God in your life and surrender all. We're talking about surrender all to him, surrender your life to him, you know, and understand this is not a one-time event or you're not going to, this is not going to take a couple of weeks, a couple of months, years, but this is going to take all your life surrender to God, learning how to do that in different areas of your life as you constantly grow and mature in Christ. And as you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you on this Christian journey. And so you have to learn how to submit to it. But tonight we're going to focus on, we're talking about I surrender all. And we're going to, and I want to talk about, I will do what you want me to do. Now, when you say that, say, okay, God wants us to do what, what he wants us to do. And you say, okay, God, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to do this, you know, so doing what God wants us to do. So I want to start by saying, okay, now doing what God wants us to do, um, it, it seems intimidating. Like, like we're inviting God to hand us a, a, a great to-do list that we can never complete. So when I talk about, when I mention, when I say, okay, I will do whatever God wants me to do. That's surrendering your life to God. That's intimidating. And I think about it when you think about it, it's intimidating. Okay. Think, imagine God giving you a, a giant to-do list. Say, here's I want you to complete this. I want you to do this. Now, this, this to me, when I when I say that, this is a picture of the old covenant, the law of Moses. God gave them a, a big, gigantic to-do list and says, do this, do this. And matter of fact, the Mosaic law was 613 laws. So imagine you got 613 things to do on this list and one, okay, how am I going to complete this? And so when we say, I will do what you want me to do, okay, and when you make that declaration, it can be intimidating, okay? It can be like, okay, okay, God, I, I want to do what you want me to do, but when I think about all I got to do, you get intimidated, you get overwhelming. And sometimes people quit. And so he said, how many things are there for us to do? Okay. When we, 
where we will. So where we do even begin to, where do we even begin, excuse me, where do we even begin to, to um, by obeying God's command? Where do you even start? Okay. So you say, where do I start? Because, okay, God, I want to do your will, but where do I stop? Where do I start? Where do I even begin to start obeying your commands? You know, do I start with the Ten Commandments? And then when you read the New Covenant stuff, Jesus tells us you got to forgive. And then you got to um, help those who need. You got to treat people right. You know, all these things. And then, you you know, it, it can get overwhelming. So the question is, how do we do this? And what do we do? Because, God, I want to do, if you're making this declaration with me tonight, I want to do what you want me to do. The question is, how do we even do this? Okay, so one thing's clear from the gospel narrative is that the people did not feel the same way about Jesus as they did about the Pharisees, okay? The Pharisees made righteousness complicated, unattainable, and probably undesirable. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus simplified it Find it all, capturing one sentence, the theme of what we are to do. And here's what he says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. He says, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Okay, so he, when we look at the, the Pharisees, the Pharisees made righteousness complicated, undesirable, unattainable once again we talked about they was under the law of moses okay they was under the law of moses and they had to do all these things and the pharisees made the law even more difficult by adding to what was already written you know you couldn't work on the sabbath and things of that nature and all kinds of different things and so therefore people it made it undesirable well, who wants to do all that? Who wants to, all these sacrifices and I got to do this and I can't do that and I can't do this and I can't do that. And they made it even more worse by like said, adding the things to it. So, so who wants to do? And maybe you feel that way when maybe you're part of a ministry when all they talk about is you got to do this and you got to do that. And if you don't do this, God's not going to bless you. And if you do do this, God's going to bless you. And you got to be the church, you know, what, three times a week and you got to give tithes and offering and you got to give this and you got to do that and you got to be a part of the ministry and you say you know i'm so overwhelmed with all these this great bit to do list you know and so this and this is what the pharisees did back in their time we of course you know you may say well you got your modern day pharisees you know there are ministries who Talking about well, you got to do this in order to be blessed. You got to do that in order to be blessed. And if you don't do this, God won't bless you. And so people are, are really exhausted and tired. And I don't know, I've experienced that in my case. You experience those things. You you want to please God. But you know what he says? It's just so many things that I, that I just can't keep up. But notice what it says here. Jesus narrowed it down. He says, so whatever you wish for others, would do for you do also to them for this is the law 
and the prophets. So Jesus narrows it down. He says, okay, he makes it very simple here. How do you want to be treated? Okay, how do you want to be treated? What do you want people to do for you? Okay, he says, so think about that. And I want you to think about that. Like, what do you want people to do for you? Jesus says, in return, do it to them. Whatever you want somebody to do for you, do it for them. And that's pretty simple. Okay. You know, that's a pretty simple, you know, and just say, okay, hey, how do I want to be treated? In every situation, every circumstance, as you go about your day-to-day routine, we're going to talk a little bit about that. How do I want to be treated? Do I want people to be nice to me? Do I want people to do things for me? Do I want people to be kind to me? Do I want people to be loving to me? All of us want the human nature. All every one of us wants those things. So Jesus says, hey, you know, okay. Forget about trying to focus on the, the 613 laws. He says, let's just narrow it down. Let's just make it simple for you. Whatever you want, you wish for others to do for you, do also to them. Cases, that's what I want you to do for them. And so that, I mean, that pretty simplifies it. So, you know, you don't have to think about it. So whenever you you know exactly how you would like to be treated in certain things, or never you, pretty most of us, we can express how we want people to treat us. We don't want people to be nasty to us. We don't want people uh, to cut us off in traffic or be rude in traffic. And we don't want people to be treated like that. So therefore, he says, okay, I, you don't like that, so don't do it to anybody else. Or you want people to give you a helping hand, so therefore do it to them. Okay, so he makes it very simple here. He makes it very simple. It says this, this may, it may seem a little threatening, but consider, I want you to consider your day as you go about your day. Think about as you maybe when you went on your day or maybe tomorrow, what you think about. You will probably be meeting people of all kinds as you do your your job or to take, you know, if you're in school, you're taking classes, okay, as you care for your family members, okay, or as you're running errands and dealing with the general um, life-to-life maintenance, and okay, you, you may connect with others on, on social media, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram thing, and then there are the casual interactions as you go about your busy daily life. So think about what you're going to do tomorrow, okay? Whether you're going to work or your family members, or just like I said, you on social media. Think about how you want to be treated by these people. You don't want to be on social media and somebody say something mad, bad about you or spread some gossip about you, things of that nature. Okay. We're talking about, hey, I will do what God wants me to do. So God wants us, he tells us to be kind to people. That's what you want. And that's what God wants us to do, to be nice, to show the love of Christ to people. This is what he wants. Now, I know you may be saying, well, hey, that's going to be challenging 
you know, at times because people can get on your nerves and you may be experiencing all kinds of things and everybody's idea is not that nice. But guess what? You still respond in love. Why? Because guess what? Think about it. When we don't act right, when we don't do the things that God, does God respond to us in hate? Does he respond to us with punishment? Now, some people will say God punishes. No. Um, John 10 and 10. We serve a good God. John 10 and 10 said, God said, I made, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The enemy comes what to steal, kill, destroy. That's what it said in that verse. So God is not trying to steal anything from you. He's not trying to kill you. He's not trying to destroy you, punish you. No, he is a good God. So therefore, even when we screw up, he still responds in love. And that's the same thing with people. Because I know you. everybody's not going to be nice to you. Okay? This is why you need the power of the Holy Spirit to respond in love, to treat them nice. Because that's how you would want to be. So even though they may not be giving to you all the time, you still respond in that way. Why? Because we're talking about doing what God, I want to do what you want me to do. That's how you respond. Ask yourself. Did somebody coined the slogan, uh, what would Jesus do? Okay. We know Jesus would not um, hurt anybody. He would not try to destroy anybody. He would not try to embarrass anybody. We know that's not his character. What Jesus is love. So he always responds to love. And that's our job. Now, we're not going to be perfect at it. But guess what? We can be. We can become better at it. Okay. You can, you may start today. Maybe you say I haven't been as good as I but you can start today. You can become better at as you yield to the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So each interaction in, in your day, okay, in each interaction in your day, how will you desire to be treated? Okay. How are you doing what Jesus wants us to do means that that it is the way to be treat treat them okay doing what Jesus wants us to do means that it is the way to treat them that's what that means when we're doing what God when you say okay God I want to do what you want me to do that is the way to treat that person that's how you treat them that's how we when we make a declaration, Lord, I want to, I, I, we're going to do what you ask me to do. I'm going to do what you ask me to do or do what you tell me to do. And you do that by, by treating people the way you want to be treated or treating people like you know Jesus would treat them. Let me say it that way. Okay. Do treat them the way Jesus would treat them. And I know this is tough. This is it's pretty strong, but like I said, with the power of the Spirit, we can do this. Now, let's, let me you say, well, well, what did the Bible say? Let's look at Malachi, okay, chapter 6, okay? And we're going to read part of it and read the whole verse. We're going to read eight part of eight. And there's three categories um, that help us think practically about what to do. So I want to make this practical. I just don't want to say, okay, Lord, you may make this declaration, Lord, uh, no, I, I, I want to do what you want me to do. I surrender to you. I, I want to do what you want me to do. 
Okay, let's begin practical. What is Malachi 6 and 8? In that verse says, okay, it gives three categories here. The first one says, and we just talked about it, but if we're going to add a little more to it, it says treating others fairly without partiality. Okay. Don't show favoritism. So we want to treat everybody fairly without showing favoritism because we can be guilty of that. Because it's easy to treat people right when they're treating you right. Okay when they're doing things for you, when they are reciprocating or yeah, reciprocating the relationship. Okay. I bless you. You bless me. I do for you. You do for me. But, and so we can become partial to those people, but what about the person who's not reciprocating the relationship? What if you bless them and they don't do anything for you? What if you treat them right? You nice to them. They don't treat you right. You know, and I'm going to go, we all need work in this area. I need some work in there because sometimes we respond the wrong way when people don't treat us right. We we give to the person who always gives to us, but the person won't give us anything. We don't want to give to them. Okay. So we're talking about, okay, this is what doing what God wants us to do. Why? Because Jesus, he gave a perfect example. He gave us, you know, God gave us his son, Jesus Christ. When we didn't deserve it, he he showed no partiality. He, and guess what? He gave that gift to the whole world. Now, does the whole world deserve salvation? No, none of us deserve it. Okay, none of us deserve heaven. All of us deserve hell, and nobody's been good enough on their own ability to receive everlasting life. But God showed no partiality. Okay, so we're talking about doing what Jesus wants to do. Okay, so you treat people fair, okay, fairly without partiality. That's category number one. So we don't want to be partial. We don't want to show favoritism. We want to treat everybody the same. Okay, everybody the same. And you may be saying, well, I need to work on that. Yeah, we all need to work on that. But we want to treat everybody the same. We don't want to ever be accused of showing favoritism to one person and not another, not another. Okay, so that's that's number one. Number two is showing mercy to those in need. Showing mercy. What does mercy mean? Mercy means you don't get what you deserve. Okay. You don't get what you deserve okay so you, we make this declaration lord i will do what you want me to do and what is that that means okay showing mercy to those who need people who need it because guess what one day if not today you're gonna need mercy there's gonna come a time when you're gonna need somebody to extend you some mercy because you messed up, maybe you said the wrong thing, you did the wrong thing. You know what? You gonna need some mercy. And so Jesus extended mercy to us. Okay. He was one thing about we talking about, okay, Lord, I make the declaration to do what you tell me to do. Jesus did that. Okay. He said, What? 
I'm only going to do what the father tell me to do. Man, that's powerful. So Jesus, he he not he lived it out for us. He said, I'm only going to do or say what my father wants me to say. I'm only going to do what my father tell me to do. He's, he was doing the father's will. And so guess what? We need to take on the same mentality. I'm going to do what the father wants me to do. I'm going to extend mercy. I'm going to show mercy to those who are in need. Okay? Because why? I know one day I may need it. Matter of fact, one day you will need it. You're going to need it. So, and making that declaration that I'm going to do what the Father wants me to do, that means I'm going to show mercy to those who are in need. And then number three, it says, so we talked about treating others fairly without partiality. That's number one. Number two is showing mercy to those who are in need means that you don't give them what they deserve. Number one, treat another fellow with apartment. Don't show favoritism. Treat everybody the same. And number two, show, don't give them what they deserve. Show mercy, show mercy to those in need. Number three, living in humility before God by not putting ourselves as greater or important than others. Man, that's pretty strong there. So I have to live in humility. Become a living. So before God, by not putting myself as the greater or more important than other people. See, so we talked about humility and we got to get the definition of humility. And I want to give this definition of humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Let me say that again. Humility is not thinking less of yourself because what religion has done is when we start talking about humility people and maybe you've seen this in your ministry the people say oh you spend a lot of time talking about i'm not worthy oh you're not worthy i don't deserve your grace i don't deserve your favor i don't deserve all the blessing and the truth might there is some truth to that because in and of ourselves and our own ability None of us deserve God's grace and his mercy and his forgiveness and all those things. Okay. But that God, he knows that. But guess what? That's why he sent Jesus. Okay. In our own ability, in our own effort. Okay. None of us deserves God's forgiveness, his salvation, everlasting life. Okay. So, but we've been taught that that's humility. Telling God how unworthy we are, um, how we don't deserve his grace. That's not humility, but that's not true humility. That's not biblical humility. Though it's good to understand that. It's good to understand that, you know what? Hey, in my own effort, in my own ability, I'm not worthy on this. I can't understand that you can't do enough to deserve God's blessing. It's good to have that mindset to a certain extent, but... That's not biblical humility. So Moses said, so when I said that, so that's thinking of yourself less. Okay. Oh, excuse me, thinking less of yourself. That's thinking less of yourself. And that's not what God, 
what God means by humility, okay? That's not what he means. What he means is not thinking less, you know, thinking, thinking of yourself less, but hey, just in other words, not thinking more of yourself than who you are. So God does not want us to have a pity party, okay? Okay, not to think less of yourself, but he says, I want you to think of yourself less, means I'm not important. In other words, are you willing to make other people proud over you? Are you willing to set aside your um, things that you want to think about somebody else? Have you trained yourself to think about, you know what? What does somebody else need? Okay. God has blessed me. So I always say he, he blesses you to be a blessing. So that means I'm not always focused on myself. It doesn't mean forget about yourself, but if you're so focused on your needs, that's what the Bible calls self-centered. When you only focus on you, when you only focus on what you want, how to get it, not thinking about it. In other words, think of yourself less, okay? Not thinking less of yourself because we, we're supposed to have self-esteem. We're supposed to, why? Because Christ and God has made us who we are. And the Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. But he says, I want you to think of other people more important than yourself. Putting others before you. That's category number three. We're talking about doing because that's what Jesus did. Jesus other words, was thinking about us when he was on the cross. Because if he had been thinking about himself, he wouldn't die for anybody. And those on the cross, one of the things he said, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was thinking of us while he was dying. There. That's why he died for our sins. And so when we do things, when we think, you know, less of, I mean, when we think, put others before ourselves, we make a habit to do that. We're actually doing what God wants us to do. Okay. And so this is what we got to understand. So when you make your declaration, Lord, I'm going to do what you want me to do. These are, are the three categories. He says, okay, treating others fairly without partiality, showing mercy to those who are in need. And because this is what Malachi 6 and 8 says, and living in humility before God and not putting ourselves as greater or important than others. Okay, so this is what it is. So when we talk about doing what God wants us to do, these are the things that we should be doing. So I want to look at this last scripture tonight. Um, where this is my, not the last, the second to the last scripture here. Matthews 6, 9, and 10. And we, we've read this. Some of you may be familiar with this because we, we've been taught to pray this. Jesus was, it was saying, his father about Jesus, his the disciples asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And so part of this, it says, pray like this. This is what Jesus told his 
disciples, our Father which art in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now listen to that. I want you to pay attention to the last part. He says, may, may your kingdom come. This version says, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what go we're talking about doing what God wants us to do. He says, let my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So whatever heaven, we're supposed to be really representing heaven here on earth. Okay. Whatever's being done in heaven is supposed to be seen through us. So in that prayer, he's telling them, your kingdom come, you will be done. The same will that's being done in heaven is being done on earth. And how is God going to get that done? Through you and me. Through you and me. Doing the will of the Father. This is where that declaration comes in. says, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. I declare tonight, I wanna, I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to, I'm going to do your will on earth as it is in heaven. Now, so how do I know what's done in heaven? You study your word. Or as we talked about, make it simple. What, however people, however you want people to treat you, you treat them. He makes it very simple. So this is what Matthew 69 says, hey, he's teaching his disciples how to pray. He says, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven doing what the father wanted to do on earth and so it, it, it's 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 easy to think doing what god wants to do is mostly about unique and herculean tasks perhaps in a moment of crisis okay but more normally and that's often this is doing what he wants in the mundane and unnoticed moments these small daily acts of surrender grow our faith and our courage and prepares us to act as he wants us to when the stakes are high it can be as simple as just following through on a commitment especially when doing so involves sacrifice and personal inconvenience so we look at when we talk about doing what god wants us to do some of us say okay god but we don't look at the unique and and the big stuff you know or god wants me to go to africa and be a missionary or god wants me to be a preacher to preach from the poor pit or god wants me you know, to uh, sing his song and travel all around the world, you know, and those things, we say, okay, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do because those things are big and 
people applaud us and that's huge that God called us. You know, or, you know, what God, you know, call me to do when a crisis come along, God, maybe God call you to lay hands on the sick and, and we are, and those things put us in the spotlight and, you know, huge, you know, for the whole world to see or people, you know, see the spectacular. We want, we're hungry for the spectacular. But like I said here, more importantly, we miss out on, on the Monday unnoticed things. Will here's I want to ask you a question. I need to ask myself: Will you do what God wants to do when nobody's looking at you? When it's the money thing, when it's the little, when God asks us to do the little things. Okay, I mean it's the little, minute things that go unnoticed that nobody sees. The, 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 it's talking about the small um, daily acts. This is where we get our growth from because, to me, you know. If if you can't be committed to the small things, what makes you think you're going to do the big things? You can be successful. That's what surrender is. Surrender is can you surrender to the small things? Because everybody wants to surrender to the big things. When we talk about surrendering, okay, I got our surrender to a call that's going to take me around the world or sing around the world or I'm going to be on TV or on radio or in this case on social media or you know, and you got a big following, but can you be faithful in the small things? These are the things that really build faith. And and these things, as it says here, um, these small daily acts of surrender grow our faith and care and prepares us for the acts as he wants us when when the stakes are high. So now, because you prepared you now, because you are doing what God told you to do and the small things. Now you're ready for the bigger things. Now you're ready for the things with higher stakes. But it's just, it's, it's as simple as it says here as following through a, a commitment, especially when it involves sacrifice. Or oh, I like what it says here when it's personal inconvenience. Will you do what God, and this is huge, I believe. Will you do what God wants you to do when it's inconvenient or when it's you got to sacrifice something I, I want i want to stay there for a moment because will you do it when it's inconvenient when it's going to take up your time when you're going to have to lay something aside to do it when it's something unexpected comes up when it's a sacrifice Knows it says, you know, we, I'm talking about the scripture says, I will give him a sacrifice of praise when you don't feel like doing it, when it's not comfortable to your flesh, when nobody's, when the, you know, the news is not there to um, put you on, you know, the 10 o'clock, I mean, the 10 news 10 or news three or news 13, you know, when CNN is not there, will you still? Do what God tells you to do when there's no attention on you. Okay. When there's no big crowd, when there's nobody to pat you on the back and says, job well done. Will you still be committed when it's personal convenience, when you got to sacrifice something that you enjoy doing to do what God called you to do? When God called you to be a part of a ministry that you didn't pick for yourself. You know, 
I mean, these are these. This is what doing what this is what surrender is all about. And and I, I have to tell you, I've lived this when God called me to surrender my life to him when, when, or when I told him that I was going to surrender my life to him. These are things that I've experienced. And it's not hasn't always been something that I want to do or the places that I want to go or the things that I pick for myself. Sometimes it was a sacrifice for me to do it. Sometimes it was it was inconvenience for me to do it. But this is when you say that you're going to surrender your life to him. This, this, this is what you're going to experience. Or are you only going to surrender to God when the spotlight is on you, when everybody can see you? Or you have some type of something to gain from it. Or because I tell people all the time, when you work for God or when you live for God, it has to be motivated by love. That's your only motivation. If it's, if it's not, love is not the motivation, then then you, you find yourself getting caught up in self-centeredness and looking for applause. And then if you're not getting what you thought you would get out of it, then maybe you quit. Maybe you're a person you quit because you didn't get out of it what you thought you would get out of it. So that means you really didn't surrender your life to God. Because when you surrender your life to God and you start, as we talked about tonight, doing what he wants you to do, when you say, Lord, I'm going to do what you want me to do, it's not going to always, you're not going to always get applause or people are not going to always make you feel good about it. Everybody's not always going to like you when you do that. Last scripture that I have here is Matthews um, chapter 7 verses 24 to 27. And I've been reading mostly from the New New Living Translation. And it says here, if anyone who listens to my teaching and follow it, follow it is follow it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Through the rain, though the rain comes in torments, in torrents, and the flood walls rise, and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching does not obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rain and flood comes and the wind beats against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So we see here that Jesus is talking about, hey, talking about listening. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follow it is wise. He says, so if you listen to my teaching, you're going to be wise. And he gives the description of a house built on solid rock that when, when the floodwaters come right and the wind abuses it, it's going to stand. Okay. And so this is a picture of the, when the, the flood was and the, and the torrential rains and when the wind beats and that's, that's life itself. Life is going to bring trouble. It's going to bring problems with it. 
Okay. And if you, you, you don't have a strong foundation, which is built on the word of God, then it's going to crash. And so we're talking about doing what God called us to do or wants us to do. Lord, I do what you want to do. Well, you may start out, maybe you're a person who started out doing God, but you know what? You fell off. Why? Well, maybe because you didn't have a solid foundation. Maybe that I talked about earlier, how your motives are wrong. You had the wrong motive. So guess what? You didn't stand when trouble came, you know, and financial trouble or marriage trouble or job trouble, you know, trouble in a ministry, you know, in any relationships, in family trouble. Okay. You said you fell apart because you, you started out good. But you know what? You you said told her, I'm gonna do what you want me to do, and you started out good. But when the trouble came, when the wind and the rain, when the problem started, you collapsed because it says it, but it's talking about we need if you listen to and follow his teeth, he said you're wise. But it's talking about the person who doesn't listen to his teaching. If you don't do what God tells you to do, he says you're like a person who built y'all some sand. So when the when the rains came and the winds beat, it says it, it says it it was collapsed with a mighty crash. So I want to speak to that person who, you know what? As we will say in the church, you backslid, you fail. I want to declare that God wants to restore you. You can do what God wants you to do with the help and the power of the Holy Spirit. And you can get back up. Don't let the enemy tell you that you're not forgiven, that you can't bounce back. That's the enemy speaking. God says, is the God of restoration, restoring you back to where you need to be, back where he wants you to be. You know, but you fill up but. You need to, when you start back, build on a solid foundation. Check your motive. <clears throat> Sit down, I'm, I'm going to do what you want me to do because I love you. <clears throat> and even when things come against you, you stand strong. And continue to do what God called you to do. No matter if, if you see the blessing, because you're going to be blessed for it. But don't, but don't get caught up on you know, waiting to see the blessing. Because a lot of times, you know, we get these promises, which God promised us. But if we don't see it in a certain amount of time, then we quit. When I declare, I, I want to challenge you to don't give up. Do what God called you to do because, hey, we know God said he's going to reward you here and um, the life to come. He did promise us that. And I believe it's in, in the gospel. I'm going to bless you here and the life to come. So you got to stay focused. You know, you got to say, hey, Lord, I'm going to do what you want me to do. So I, I want you to pray this. I want you to pray for God to give you the power and the wisdom to do what he wants you to do. Let me pray right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now for that person who's hearing this, who 
have backslidden and fell off and maybe have gotten tired because they were doing what you want me to begun. They had the wrong motivation. Um, they allow life challenges to knock them off and they fail. But I thank you, God, for giving them the strength and to get back out. God, thank you for putting people around them to encourage them to get back up and get back in line. And God, I pray right now, I speak the power and the wisdom, God, for them to do what you called them to do today. Give them the wisdom and the strength to do what you called them to do today. That God, they have decided, they have reclaimed that I'm going to do what you want me to do. And I thank you, God, for giving them the power and the wisdom and the strength to go forth in your name. And God, I thank you for the mighty works that shall flow through their life as they be a blessing to those people who are around them. And I give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Once again, I thank you for listening. It's been a blessing to minister to you tonight. I believe somebody was helped through that word. And I want you, if this word has helped you, pass it to a family, a friend member, or somebody you know that needs to hear this, this message by I surrender all. And so I thank you for listening. Once again, we'll be back with you again on next week. I thank you and bye-bye.